You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. At the age of 16, in his parents' backyard, Kellen Thackeray, his pals, and his band put on a show for about 50 of his Kindersley friends. That was five years ago. Now get this, when a lot of teenagers are barricaded in their rooms playing video games, Kellen had no idea what his little backyard gig would turn out to be. I'm Kevin Power, and to you I say... All hail the cheese! Grilled Cheesapalooza just celebrated its fifth year in Kindersley, Saskatchewan, and that backyard happening has now become a major event, attracting bands and performers from across Canada. Close to 2,000 enthusiastic music lovers transform an outdoor baseball diamond into one rockin' good time. I have such admiration for Kellen and his pals and what they've created at such a young age that I had to be there. During the first half of this podcast, Kellen joins me for a one-on-one in Saskatoon two weeks before the festival. Then we fast-forward through time and I brave the summer mosquitoes to hang around for a couple of days and capture the essence of this fun-filled weekend. Mom and Dad are still making grilled cheeses, along with some supportive friends and family. Over 1,000 sandwiches, to be precise. In the second half of the podcast, I'm joined by Michaela Anderson, one of the performers who spent most of her formative years in Kindersley and speaks frankly and openly about her creativity. Grilled Cheesapalooza will rise again for a sixth season and beyond, So tell me, how could you possibly turn down a chance to attend a festival with a name like Grilled Cheesapalooza? Kellen Thackeray, I must begin this podcast by saying, I have to salute you and say, all hail the cheese. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And so my first question would be to you, how do you prefer your grilled cheese? Oh, uh, how do I prefer my grilled cheese? I like uh, the classic just the classic white bread, a craft single, um, a margarine, and a little bit of garlic powder. Okay, so does it have to be a craft single? I mean, I've, t- I've tried, and that's actually, the, yeah. I, I just like it. Yeah. You can't do like a good old aged cheddar. You've well, you have could, but pseudo cheese. No, yeah, yeah, we want the fake stuff. Yeah, plastic. Fake cheese. Okay. <laughs> so then everybody's going, why are they talking about grilled cheese? We're talking about grilled cheese, of course, because you are the founder of the now famous Grilled Cheese Palooza Music yeah. Festival, which happens in Kindersley, Saskatchewan on a yearly basis. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, this is our fifth year. Right. And it's coming up very soon. So what I love about this story is how it started. You're not yet even, I dare say, 25. Nope. 21. Okay. And so how does... Five years ago. So if we go back five years, you're how old? 16. 16. 
and you start this music festival in yep. your backyard, literally. Yeah, yeah, like literally in my parents' backyard, yeah. Okay. Because I was still living at home, 16 right. years old, in high school still. Okay, yep. so what was going on in your mind where you thought, I need to start a festival? Uh, well, it wasn't so much. It, it, it kind of just started itself, really. We, Me and some friends, we played in a band, and uh, we were trying to book shows in Saskatoon. And we finally did get a show booked, and we had actually never played in front of anybody ever before other than in our jam space in front of our friends. So we decided that we were going to play a show in Kindersley and we talked about renting a venue. We're all young. We're like, Hey, how much does it cost? Should we do this? And my parents were like, why don't you just play in our backyard? We have a little patio area with like maybe a one foot little riser in the backyard. And, uh, my parents openly were like, Hey, let's do this. And, uh, Tell me the name of that band. I can't pronounce it. Quetzalcoatl. Right. Was, yeah. So Quetzalcoatl was, uh, you know, like a metal, like a metal band. Me and my friends, and uh, and a great Scrabble word, and a great yeah, yeah, <laughs> many points. Yeah, get the triple letter there, and you'll be, yeah, it'll be yeah. good. Right, right. How did you tell me about where that name came uh, from? Uh, the uh, Quetzalcoatl is uh, the flying serpent god. It's like a, it's like a Mayan, it's like a Mayan god, I guess. And uh, it's a serpent, and he has uh, feathers and wings, and he flies around. And uh, basically, uh, yeah, back in the day, they used to paint all their sacrifices like blue from head to toe, mm-hmm. and they would give their sacrifices to Quetzalcoatl, and he would come down and eat the blue sacrifice people. And uh, wow, yeah, it was, it, and it was just a really interesting story. So we, and it's pretty metal, you know. So yeah, <laughs> kinda, right. yeah, so we so thought it was interesting. In, were you all in blue? Or uh, no, well, yeah. uh, well, well, <laughs> we always talked about like yeah. like, like like dressing up and painting yeah, ourselves, like but no, we, but we were never. Yeah, well, yeah. S- similar. Okay. <laughs> all right, so Quetzalcoatl starts in your backyard. Yeah, so we play uh, our first show was Grilled Cheese One, and okay, in, no, wait a second, wait a second. How do you come up with, <laughs> with grilled cheese? cheese Blusa, yeah, right. uh, yeah. That's a story in its own. Actually, it's mm-hmm. uh, it was combined. Uh, me and my friend Sean, uh, Sean Hilliker, our drummer at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and myself. We used to drive around because we used to work together. So we drive around lots and just you know, not much to do in a small town. Drive around, talk, maybe smoke cigarettes. And uh, and my mom, she's a big artsy person. And mm-hmm. I actually do believe it was my mother who actually was the one who deemed the first name Grilled Cheese of Palooza. It was because uh, she thought we'll make grilled cheeses. <laughs> well, it was. It, it spawned from me and Sean talking about it, and I and I or I, I think it was a. I, I mean, I me and Sean came up with the initial name, and my mom was the one who was like, "Yeah, we'll just fire up the barbecue, and we'll just give grilled cheese sandwiches away, and it'll be hilarious." And we, we were all thought it was the funniest thing ever, right? That's so funny. It could have easily been smoked meat on rye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On rye. well, it actually we're, <laughs> we're actually really really lucky because like people who try and name their festival, let's say you know maybe the Fringe or any other of these mm-hmm. things, uh, us we're lucky because. When somebody makes a grilled cheese sandwich, there's an instant connection in their head if they know yeah. if they know about us. So it's like we don't even, you know, we're already embedded within like the grilled cheese sandwich is already such a yeah, cultural thing. It, it, everybody loves a grilled it's cheese sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So feel good. yeah, so uh, we we feel it's just really lucky and also probably a pretty good marketing move just to kind of. Cla- yeah. clamp onto something that's no already kidding. in everyone's minds, you know? It's all about marketing. So how many people showed up for, for uh, our first year? Grilled Cheese One. Yeah. Uh, yeah, first year we probably had, uh, we probably had like 35 to 50, 50 people, all of our oh, friends, you that's know? That's respectable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For our first show ever in front of mm-hmm. people. So, right. and it was just uh, the one band. 
and, and, that, did, and, and no t-shirts or anything yet and was the cool factor upped in school because a of cool, the, like my cool factor yeah, like, yeah. like i wasn't the coolest kid like i was homeschooled uh from, oh, from grade five to grade 10 oh. and then uh when i was 16 so that was probably yeah my first year back in right. in high school right i wasn't super popular but i also also you're a kid playing in, in in a metal band and it's rural right. Saskatchewan, right? right. So that's right. The, so the popular factor isn't really that that doesn't right. up it at all. Sure, yeah. right, right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, year number one happens and it felt like a success. Yeah, it was great. You know, yeah. well, because the all we were looking for was just to play in front of some friends, really. That's yeah. it, and then right. get ready practice for our right. show in Saskatoon. And did you sell tickets, or was it a free uh, well, event? Totally free. Everybody free event. came to our backyard. Yeah, mom, foot, mom footed the bill for the grilled cheese. Mom footed the bill, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, all we did was go around to all of our neighbors and say, hey, we're having some live music. Do you guys mind? Yeah. You know, we're, we're playing until this time. You know, Hopefully we don't bother you. And, you know, so it was a, like a, B, a BYOB thing, so people yeah. were allowed to drink, of age people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anybody underage well, right. like, wasn't. Yeah. Okay, so then what ends up uh, happening after year number one that, that made you That we decide yeah. to go back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so year number two was also in my backyard, and I guess we we played maybe three three shows in the city in between. Yeah. And uh, we are like, heck, should we just do it again? Like me and Sean and Evan, my bass player and Curtis was our guitar player and we're all best friends hang out all the time and we were just like yeah let's, let's do it again so we ended up we were like grilled cheese too so we we were like hey you should make shirts so we were like hey yeah let's make some shirts so we designed a shirt mm-hmm. you know, designed posters and did a little more advertising same thing in the backyard BYOB people you know they can come buy shirts now we got like some uh, spray paint artists to make a big uh out of plywood, three uh, eight-foot pieces of plywood, paint a big Quetzalcoatl, a big feathered serpent across this thing, and mm-hmm. kind of have it like a little more, you know, a little more cool, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and we had maybe, uh, for attendance, we probably had uh, probably about almost 100 people, uh-huh. maybe like 80 people. And like, again, just your band? Just, just, just uh, no, no, band? No, no, oh, we had another another two uh-huh. bands. We had a cover band, which shared some of our same members, Okay. and they played, you know, some older tunes, like some Neil Young or... Yeah. or Fleetwood Mac or whatever. Okay. And uh, they were called The Dirty Sauce, which was pretty cool, pretty <laughs> funny name. And uh, and a band called Vice Grip. They were a cover band as well. And they also shared some members. And they, they played uh, Tool covers. Right. The band Tool. Yeah. Okay. So it was All just right. us three. And that was uh, on the shirts. So population of the festival kind of doubled Yeah, Yeah, it about doubled. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And then here we are going into year number five. Yes, um, now we are. Right. So was it all fairly seamless? I mean, did it just, the momentum just kept going? Uh, like from or did the you population, get to, you mean? Oh, between year number two and year number five, was there a point where you thought, nah, let's pack it in, this is, this is uh, too much? I've thought about packing it in for just for the simple fact of just the amount of work and the stresses yeah. that go along with the coordinating uh, festival of the size and things. But right. I've never act. Like at the end of every year, it's always like, man, I never want to do that again. But <laughs> like, right. you can't not do it. You yeah, you, yeah, you have to. Right. It's, yeah. So I love it. last year, year number four. Four. Yeah. How many did you have show up? A uh, year number four, we had uh, between seven hundred and fifty and a thousand people. Okay, so that's crazy compared to the hundred. Compared yeah. to the hundred from For your sure. backyard, yeah. that's gotta feel fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool because like, like last year was the first year that. We started to see people that I didn't know who they were coming because, like, obviously the people in my backyard and things—they were like, 
friends, friends, family, maybe some parents of maybe some of our uh, musicians or whatever. Yeah. And you'd seen everybody before. And then uh, the third year, kind of same thing, you know, like lots of people you knew. And now fourth and fifth, it's like, hey, who are you here to see? Oh, I'm here to see this band. It's yeah. like, oh, where are you from? It's like, I'm from PA. I'm from Calgary. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from wherever. And it's just like... The bands or the people coming? The people coming. Like, wow. like, how, like, like wow. people that I've never heard of and I don't know how they know about it. And they don't know who I am, but they know about the festival. And it's just kind of like, uh, we're just thinking since it's so quirky and stuff, we really get uh, lucky with word of mouth, I think, is uh, is a big thing for us. And yeah. you're not just, it's not just your band now. I mean, you're nope. featuring how many bands this uh, year? We have 20 bands this year. And you're in the big time now. You're dealing with band managers and yep. negotiating contracts and things like that? Yep. Yeah, we created all of our own contracts, and we've kind of started to... Yeah, like this year, I feel is we're pretty comfortable. We're kind of building the... Creating the building blocks. So for next year, we're going to just put all of our uh, procedures from this year into effect again, and hopefully mm-hmm. things fall into place, you know, with bookings. We, like, we learned a lot about booking bands this year. It's not, uh, it's not an easy thing to just... Like, like I said, there's no really handbook to mm-hmm. like how to deal with people and mm-hmm. you don't know if someone's going to try and screw you around mm-hmm. or, uh, or whatever. So you, you know, you just kind of take it as a come and just use your common sense and just hope that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Obviously ask people in the industry that, you know, if they have any advice for you for maybe getting sponsors or booking bands on tours and things and how to cater to their needs when they're here yeah. and, uh, and how much to pay them. Like in negotiations yeah. to begin with, it was like how do you know exactly mm-hmm. you know if a band asks you for x amount of dollars is that a fair price you know mm-hmm. and you kind of got to work it out how many people are how many people are they going to bring uh, is it what's their name how big is their name in canada or in, in saskatchewan do people right. even like this band is it worth it right. yeah booking was probably a really big learning experience this year probably the biggest because like yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And do you still kind of have a mandate to to feature uh, a number of local bands? Absolutely, as well? yeah. Just yeah, it's about fifty, like fifty fifty. Right. Like on on the Friday, we have six bands playing, and uh, all but maybe two are from Kindersley. All the members are from Kindersley. Wow. Yeah, and then Saturday we have another three or four all from right. Kindersley, and mm-hmm. uh, or maybe uh, just like within you know. Uh, 50 kilometers around in some surrounding towns, maybe. But. Right. So they must be thrilled to have the opportunity to perform in a festival. Absolutely. So well, yeah, it's it, it's really cool for me because I've kind of been with it this whole time, so I kind of lose perspective on maybe right. how big it is. Right. And, uh, yeah, the thing I realize is some of these bands who have never played on 
maybe not even a festival stage, but never played in front of people, even in a bar stage or something. Yeah. And we give them a stage that's the same size as, uh, you know, the Trooper show that we did a few weeks ago. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a very standard, large festival stage. You know, right. it's it's as big as you would want to get, you know. So right. the biggest stage uh, with the biggest PA that some of these kids have ever seen before. So it's just like to see their looks, like the looks in their eyes yeah. when they get on there and they're like, like get intimidated. I'm like, man, just play as if you're in your basement, you know, it's like, it's going to be fine. Right. And, and, and friends and family out there who support. And I'm, I should say we're sitting here in, in uh, Bard Dog Productions in Saskatoon, yeah. uh, who you work for. And you, this yeah. is a, uh, a sound and lighting company for major shows. So obviously you're tapped into some fairly significant sound equipment. Are you yep. doing the sound for the festival yourself? Uh, personally, like I won't be mixing, okay, but, uh, right. but uh, just since I'll be coordinating, but I'll be there. You know, I'll be doing, I'll be taking the stage manager kind of production sure. manager role, making yeah. sure that the stage is set up correctly and all the bands are there on time and right. making sure that everybody is happy and is Quetzalcoatl still performing no you're not actually oh. uh oh we played for the first three years and then yeah. uh booking bands and playing it seemed it, it just seemed a little interesting because we were we were booking bands being about the same size as us or bigger mm-hmm. and it was kind of weird since we were like we headlined every year because mm-hmm. we were it was our thing and right. then it felt kind of interesting to maybe keep headlining and booking bands maybe as big as we were, you know. So right. we so we pulled ourselves off the bill just because it was like people probably don't want to see our same stuff over and over and over again. And it just felt better because having to coordinate for 10, 12 hours during the day and then play a set was sure. uh, it was just stressful. Is there a little Quetzalcoatl god insignia that exists somewhere? Somewhere? Um, just in, in our heads, in you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. The town of Kindersley must just be in love with you. For, uh, this uh, must yeah. put them on the map. Uh, yeah, k- uh, yeah, kind of. L- l- like, it wasn't our intention to put it on the map at all. No, but, uh, but that, sometimes that's yeah. the gre- best way to happen. Is yeah, to it just not- happens. Yeah. Which well, is- well, and I think that they're really impressed with us since we are also young and we are, uh, you know, we're all quite driven and we do have quite a following, obviously. Yeah. Like, like, people have come, have, like, like, we've gained a lot of interest in the last years. Plus, you know? you're making a significant impact in the tourism dollars of the, yeah, of yeah. the city. Yeah, I, I would hope so, anyways. Bringing in, like, people from all over Saskatchewan slash Canada, hopefully, yeah. to, you know, stay in the hotels, eat in the restaurants, you know. Yeah. Bring in some money. Some okay, some now revenues. talking about eating. Tell me, how has the grilled cheese morphed since? Morphed? Yes, or um, has it? Um, it, the standard grilled cheese is pretty similar, like mm-hmm. uh, the, a little bit of garlic powder and uh, you know the okay. margarine and all yeah. that's kind of been uh, standard. But every year we will do a like a specialty sandwich, like 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 last year we did. Uh, it's kind of like a dessert thing. It was uh, a raisin bread with uh, cinnamon and mozzarella. You know, uh-huh. so it was like a little bit of a sweeter style, and then uh, and uh, and and uh, the year prior we had uh, the legendary, which was it was actually two burgers with grilled cheese sandwiches for buns on either side of the two oh, burgers. Oh. So that was for the oh. for the hardcore people. Hard you know? on the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Now you got to come up with some. You got to kind of see if you can come up with some kind of a hybrid. Blue, blue loaf of bread, yeah. kind of to harken back to Quetzalcoatl, <laughs> yeah, do some yeah. kind of a blue thing, or it, it. get really trendy. Oh, here's this idea for free. I give it to you. <laughs> Wrap it in bacon and deep fry. Yeah, oh, everybody loves doing, bacon and deep fried. Yeah. Everybody's doing the bacon wrapped deep fried. And yeah. tell me, tell me that this 
all still is not on your mother's shoulders. No, 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 no. Of course not. No. So what do you have? Like a whole food vendor thing happening? Um, yeah, it's all, all like all volunteers. Like oh, we do all of it, but right. uh, like oh, we rent our barbecues. Uh, you know, it'll be like two long, maybe six foot, you know, grill grills, yeah. and then uh, all of our volunteers run it, and we buy all of our food local and stuff to support. Well, there you go. So yeah. again, you're supporting local. Absolutely. Right? And well, and we try to do that with basically basically everything. Like like to be. Completely honest, we could go yeah. to Costco and probably get it for cheaper. Sure. You know? yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, why would you? Why would you do that? And you're, there's no Costco in Kindersley. Well, that's true. So we'd have to tr- bring it from <laughs> Saskatoon, and it right. just seems like such. A, you know, we're all from Kindersley. Mm-hmm. We all live in Saskatoon, but mm-hmm. you know, if there's nobody, like all of these events, like bring in, you know, yeah, hopefully revenues for all the local businesses that maybe they wouldn't have. You know. Like without a big event a le- a le- like this to put in large, large orders. Stuff, How so. many grilled cheeses do you estimate you're going through in a festival? Uh, like last year, I think we did 1,600 or so. Wow. 1,600 sandwiches. So that was like 12 pounds of margarine kind of thing. <laughs> Came in two tubs kind of thing. Wow, no kidding. And yeah. people just, the, the grilled cheese is available on the grounds of the festival. Yeah. And yeah. So people just go up and. Well, yeah, and it's only a toonie. It's only a toonie for a oh, grilled right. cheese sandwich. So right. really really quite cheap actually so and yeah, people come up to the vendor and give them a toonie we get give them a grilled cheese sandwich it's pretty and simple and it's just grilled cheese there's nothing else happening no oh side well of fries or uh no no anything. no fries but but we no, we normally do like burgers and smokies and stuff okay. just to give because right. like, sometimes people can't eat grilled cheese for breakfast lunch and supper they just they just yeah, can't right. do it right. They're like, right. <laughs> yeah because the festival it's two days but it starts at what time um on Friday, it's the first band goes on at 6 p.m., right. so that's just kind of like a supper thing, I guess. Uh-huh. And then on Friday, it starts at noon. The music starts at noon. Right. So then, uh, you know, we imagine people start showing up maybe late, late morning, early afternoon. And then, yeah, so maybe they'll do, uh, you know, a lunchtime, a couple sandwiches, and then maybe a couple throughout the day. So, right. so we'll have it open for all the performances. And are you subject to city bylaws as far as how late you can stay open or does this go all night? Um, no, no, definitely, definitely, uh, a subject to bylaws and things like normally, uh, you, the bylaw is the quiet time is at 11 PM. Right. And, uh, since we have special events permit and talk to the town and all of the residents, like we do a big sweep around all of residents, like within earshot of the festival. And we say, Hey, we're going until, 1 a.m. or 12.30 or whatever it is. And uh, just explain to them, show them the dates, you know, make sure that everyone is happy. And we give them like a contact info and stuff, like my email or phone number. Mm. And I literally give them my email or phone number. So Mm. if they need to call me or something and say a concern, say, hey, I'm this person, then I'm totally open to that. Because like, oh, we don't want to make anybody angry, you know. Like, uh, we want them, if they are cool with the event, we want them to come and enjoy some music and some culture and stuff, but okay. if they are not okay with the not okay with the event, and we want them to be able to coordinate and sure. maybe make plans to go away for the weekend, yeah, or, sure, yeah, or anything, just to make everyone happy. So, but really, is there an after hours party that goes back to the backyard? Um, that would be nice. I I don't know. It's uh, it's not my backyard, <laughs> <laughs> but still the same house. Uh, what my parents' house? Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. I I live here in Saskatoon, but, I right. don't, but I, I'm not that, making a party there. No. no, no, but the house that you grew up in is yeah. still there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that so the backyard where this all began is yeah, still, still there. there. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Right. So, tell me, what does I mean seriously on a, on a personal level? Um, even though I know that this is a ton of work for you, 
And I'm sure at the end of this year, you'll also say to yourself, that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, but you'll continue and there will For be sure a will. six. Um, but it must feel really gratifying to to sit back and kind of, you know, while you're stage managing to go, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, look at everything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I, yeah, I really like it just because it's, it brings so many people together that wouldn't, you know, yeah. and lots of people who I grew up with who maybe weren't the cool kids or whatever or whatever yeah. in high school were, uh, you know, we're all musicians of sorts or mm-hmm. artists and uh, mm-hmm. we didn't really have a, a platform to express ourselves in a public manner and now being able to give a platform to all of the, like this next generation of bands mm-hmm. and uh, musicians in Kindersley feels really cool because like I said, they've never even had a chance to play on a stage before and then we give them a festival stage with, you know, hundreds of friends of Manly to watch them and cheer them on. Even if, you know, even if it's, if it's good or if it's good or bad or anything, people, they're, they're friends, you know, yeah. it's not, uh, but you must, uh, some of these bands must be forming in schools and, uh, in the area. So you must have inspired those oh, kids. Oh, I would to, hope so. Yeah, for and, sure. And also picking up the heavy metal torch or are they kind of a little bit. doing uh, genre? S- uh, sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, we have a one band plan called a two this day mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they like, like they have some metal influences for sure, and they're you know a couple. Uh, Jack Paulson, he's a little cousin of our bassist Evan, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been playing guitar for almost six years now, and he's just in high school, and he's a great little guitarist, and he's coming out of Kindersley as well, and it's just cool to see all of these little guys who used to be very very young when we were sixteen, and now they're sixteen, seventeen, and they're way better musicians than we were when we were that young you know so right so 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 it's really cool to see people come up and just uh like like we've also seen like if you give somebody an opportunity in let's say six months if you say hey mm-hmm. we're gonna book you for the show you have six months to prepare a 40 minute set like six months is a long time for a band if they actually have something to look forward to you know yeah. to actually get their stuff together and yeah. put a set together and practice and practice but like uh one thing i found with the with the musicians is uh you know, they'll spend as much time as they possibly can preparing. You know, if you give them six months, they'll take five months and 29 days to prepare, you know. Right, yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, So the nature of the artist. Yeah, the nature yeah. of the artist. So, yeah. but, it, but it's really nice to give, some, give these people something to, to work towards, I guess. Right. Yeah. How important was it for you when you were growing up to, to find like-minded uh, members to kind of jam with and start forming a band? Because I would think that that's one of the challenges of growing up in a small town is kind of getting a group of people together who want mm-hmm. to play the same kind of music. Well, I guess the question is, uh, for somebody listening who is a lone wolf in their in their small town, uh, who's really into heavy metal, who's picked up the guitar, mm-hmm. is kind of toying around, and thinks, yeah, but the problem is there's nobody else around here doing go, this. Go on the internet. You do? You know, go yeah. on the internet. There's, you know, Bandcamp, uh, SoundCloud, anything. Get a microphone. Uh, yeah. Record your stuff, anything. Just, like, you need to keep practicing your craft and record it like if you write something record it even if it's on your phone and Mm -hmm. put it on soundcloud Mm -hmm. and people like it they'll talk about it and if they don't like it you'll hear about it too but that if it's all for yourself it doesn't matter you know just find people that are you know find people that are interested in the same things that you are or else you will not pursue your craft for very long you know like 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 you can do it all all yourself but you'll feel way better doing it with other human beings you know it's just uh 
just how we are. You know, and for social. people who want to start uh, a festival, um, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't well, don't do it. No, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. if you have to, yeah. if you must. Um, because you really want to create something in your town, um, but you really also want to have that artistic outlet. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me that the success of Grilled Cheese of Palooza has been because you didn't set out to have it be a success. It mm -hmm. was it was in your mind it, yeah, a one-off. So sure. you kind of didn't have this long-range business plan up front. No. So you no, not at all. You didn't set yourself up for disappointment. It just no. kind of was what it was. Well, no expectations. Well, yeah, and when we showed up, you know, on the day of, you know, we would make a Facebook event or whatever, maybe maybe make some posters and put them up. And we had no idea how many people would come. If it'd be ten or a hundred or whoever, but yeah. for the first a few years, just after we got there and we set up all of our gear and just kind of sat there and waited for people to come, and then people would come and we talk to our friends stuff and, and everything just kind of falls into place. So I think uh, if I had one piece of advice to give to anybody who wanted to start a festival is just make sure that you love it and mm -hmm. you know it, you probably will have some disappointments. It's just a series of compromises uh, the whole time and you just got to hope that those compromises maybe don't crush you kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Your day must be just insane with emails and putting out fires. And uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely sometimes just with uh, working full time and then mm -hmm. doing uh, the coordinating things is almost a full time job in itself. But 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 I do we'll have to say it's not just me. I have, uh, I have a committee of six that are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're the backbone and mm -hmm. of this whole thing like us six it's uh myself. Uh, Justin Thompson is another a director. Uh, Logan McManus uh, Avery Vold and Lindsay Vold and Jordan Kleimanhaga and all of us are, you know, open right. to everything and we all make all of our decisions. Right. And, and yeah, like without those people, this wouldn't happen every year kind yeah. of thing. You kind of sure. have to do this, huh? I mean, you never thought to yourself, ah, I think I'll just go get a nine to five office job. I mean, you got to live in this environment. No, no, no. Uh, no, I love the shows. I, right. lo I love like... You know, it's long hours, it's hard work, mm -hmm. and sometimes you only get a mix of band for an hour, and then you mm -hmm. take it all down and drive six hours back home, and, you know, you're away from maybe your girlfriend or your family or, or whatever for days on end, yeah. and, you know, bad, like, work environments, but at the end of the day when, you know, you're, it's like the last song of the last band, and you think to yourself, wow, I wish there was more bands playing, you know, like, you just, you get that little bit of magic in the live, in the live sound, you know, like live music, performance arts and stuff. It's just, there's just a little magic there. And as long as you can grab hold of that and not forget why you're there. And because we all love music, right? That's why we're yeah. all into this. And uh, if you, if you lose sight of that, you become bitter and jaded. And uh, that's not, I don't want to be like that. You know? Right. Let's do a little prom uh, shameless promotion for uh, the town of Kindersley since sure. you grew up there. Absolutely. When in town for grilled cheese of Palooza, what's one other place you got to check out in Kindersley? One other place other than the music festival. Uh huh. Uh, for just like a recreation, for just, recreation just things to do, good eats, uh, good eats. When oh, yeah. you need a break from grilled cheese, uh, some landmark um, uh, the, that you got to see. Um, uh, the Red Lion is uh, they have great ch 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 Chinese food. They got a couple okay. pool tables, a little bar there, and they uh -huh. have uh, some performance there. Uh, sometimes they got a nice bowling alley that people would go play. Like play, play go was bowling and so on. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We go to the bowling alley and bowl yeah. and have some beers and stuff in high school yeah. and so on. You know, there are a lot of a lot of young kids that kind of really have too much time on their hands that that you know find themselves getting into rather nefarious activities from time mm -hmm. to time. 
do you really think that this creative outlet for you growing up was really such a great focus to kind of yeah avoid because going I was because path? I was one of those kids for sure really oh oh definitely yeah without uh, you were programmed to go down the wrong path yeah for sure yeah <laughs> right, just yeah. yeah like after going back to the high school there's lots yeah. of negative influences you mm-hmm. know maybe not uh, like you know. Uh, uh, I heard a good quote one time. It was like, uh, you are the, uh, basically to, su- to sum it up, it's just the environment you are in definitely changes mm-hmm. your personality. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in a negative environment, obviously you're going to mm-hmm. be a negative person after a while. So, right. Yeah. You know. right. Wow. That's great. So this really has. Yeah. Has like been... just, just to take your mind off things and work mm-hmm. towards something positive really. Right. And, and with, and with like other people with other like-minded people you know like just by yourself you know it's it's too much and you won't enjoy it you know it's really nice to just be around other people who are interested in what you're interested in and if that's music or if that's creating a festival or if that's whatever Mm -hmm. do you have any other uh, um, artistic outlets other than music or is this pretty much your bag um no i like yeah pretty much music just at this point in time like i like the production aspect i like doing uh like i went to school for audio engineering so Mm -hmm. i do uh, like the studio stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, live sound and all of this but i i think that's really my the cream of the crop for me i just really like booking and being involved even if i'm not playing in the band like i don't really i don't really care about the whole performance for myself anymore but Mm -hmm. uh i like being a part of it though like i like helping other people you know kind of create their their shows so when they show up and everything's set up they're just like wow this is i actually get to focus on just playing guitar today or whatever Mm -hmm. and then i have and then they have me or someone like me to thank and it's just like yeah it's my job no problem (laughs) you know it's not uh, not a big deal if the god if the god Quetzalcoatl came down and snatched up all the heavy metal music on the planet and yep. there was no more to listen to, what other genre of music oh. would you find yourself listening to? Um, like, give me the it, biggest it, contrast. I want to hear the you biggest say, contrast. Yeah, like I love to sit down and listen to Bach. <laughs> Bach, hey, well, man, I do though. You know, I yeah. like well, like a metal metal for me was really big in high school, and yeah. after I got out of high school and went to a recording school and things, it really opened my eyes to all of the genres out there because uh, really uh, anybody who says that I'm not going to work with this band because they're a country band or something is really mm-hmm. like you can't close yourself off that much because mm-hmm. they're all um, musicians. We all have the same goals in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, But for me to pick one other one other genre, I like obviously who doesn't love like rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. Zeppelin or Floyd or any of that. Mm-hmm. Love all the classics. Uh, big progressive rock guy, you know, like Tool or King Crimson or yeah, Floyd again. Uh, or even, you know, like, like I have a pretty good uh, v- like vinyl collection and got some Fleetwood Mac from my mom that I listen to all the time or Van Morrison. Yeah, or, vinyl is like yeah, vinyl, totally back, Totally right? came back, yeah. Well, do you think it's because people just are over the digital, the perfection of the digital sound now and they want that that crackling vinyl? I don't know. I, I also sound? think it's the artwork, you know. It's, it's yeah? A, yeah? Oh, for sure. Like, uh, you will not catch me... T- dead buying a $20 CD. Like I will not, I, I literally won't buy, put 20 bucks down and buy a CD because I can go on iTunes and buy it for 12 bucks for yeah. the digital or yeah. I can pay 22 bucks and buy the LP which is, you know, the big fold out and it's got the big artwork and yeah, it has yeah. all the liner notes and, you, and, and maybe you'll get a poster with it and if you do that and you buy that, 
uh, you might even get, you know, a digital download with your vinyl and you get, uh, so then you get to download the album online anyways. So that's so funny. I mean, there are people out there listening from my generation that are going, that's what we grew up with. My yeah, God, exactly. that's cool now. Oh, man, but vinyl, it, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Like, how can you yeah. say that? It, it doesn't sound good. It sounds, yeah. I know, I love it. And there must be an art to recording it. To, to vinyl? Oh, yeah, yeah. mastering for vinyl? Yeah. Totally yeah. different. Yeah, like, uh, you can't just toss a mix on vinyl you definitely right. have to take some some steps to make sure it's going to sound right so are there bands that show up at grilled cheese that are that are now pushing their vinyl recordings or vinyl? Finding, uh, finding cds still um well there's a one band uh, the shooting guns uh, mm-hmm. they're from here in saskatoon and they are notorious for putting out 45s they put out no kidding they put out singles on 45s like maybe once or twice a year and they're really one of those bands that's like uh they really like uh, like the like collectibles, like maybe they'll only put out 20 or 30 prints of a certain thing with a certain song with certain artwork and maybe it'll be a colored vinyl. It'll be a green one or something. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, in a few months you'll never be able to find that again. Yeah. And, and they've done that numerous times and all of their full length albums have been on, you know, on LPs and, and as well as CDs or cassettes or whatever, like even cassettes have kind of made, they're not like cassettes are a little, I'm not a huge fan of cassettes, but, uh, People have been printing on them again for some reason. Now you're not going to tell me eight track is coming back. No, I I hope not. <laughs> I, I I was never an eight track person, but because I'm too young for that. But, yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know. Have you ever held a seventy eight in your hands? No, no. Oh I, man, I, I should have brought you over a seventy eight. I don't even know what that is. Really, what, what a seventy eight? What is it? It's a vinyl. It's an el- It's a. It's an album. Okay. It's between a forty five yeah. and the standard. What thir- is a thirty three and a. Thir- is yeah, it, yeah. It 33, 33, I do believe. 33 for, yeah. the, for the regular standard album. A 78. Cool. Got a ton. <laughs> got huge collections of 78s at really? home. Really? Uh-huh. And they're thick like a platter. Yeah, like yeah, the 180 can, gram or whatever it is. You can toss them like a plate across <laughs> the room, like wow. a piece of Corel living wear. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and you needed That's excellent. To, yeah, you needed to have... I, I think they may have had the standard small hole in the center like the LP. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to visualize that in my mind. Because the 45 had the bigger hole. Yeah, and then and, you had to drop the yeah, little yellow. Exactly. Still? Yeah. Uh, or have they gone to a small I don't know what the shooting guns does. It, yeah, I think it all it, it all depends where you where you have them printed, I think. Because right. I, 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 you probably... Probably do both. Like at people's houses, I still see the little forty-five hole yeah. fillers. I don't know what they're called exactly, but I'll still yeah. see them just like sitting around. So well, they used to build them into the turntable, so you just pull it up and turn it slightly, and it would and then, lock into a lock position, mm-hmm. and then drop your album down. And there was always a dial beside there that you'd switch from thirty-three to forty-five yeah, for speed, to right? seventy-eight for the speed. Yeah, oh, same needle. Yeah, and no, was oh. a seventy-eight. Oh man, I got to. Pr- cool. I'll bring a seventy-eight with me to Kindersley. So you sure, can sure, I'll so check it out. Be like, hey, I held yeah. a seventy-eight. Yeah, I'll have to get. I'll have to get a U-Haul to bring it behind me. It's that yeah. heavy. It's that yeah. heavy. So speaking of uh, being out there, um, that's the uh, that's the deal. This is sort of part one mm-hmm. of of Grilled Cheese a Palooza podcast, and then I will be um, on site, and you'll be hooking me up with some of the local bands. So I will, yeah, and some get some interviews going, or, or some, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'll well maybe we'll interview you. Even we'll see. Hey. You're from Nova Scotia. Oh, what wow. Are you I wouldn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> tables. There we go. That'll be a long podcast in and of itself. You don't want to get this <laughs> yeah. mouth talking about myself. Yeah. So um, at this point, then what I'm going to do is that outside I have my um, handy-dandy time machine. I'm going to okay. invite you to, to hop in there, and we're going to instantly be transported through time. And the next time we uh, tune into this recording, we're going to be, be in festival mode. It'll and be about, what, 15 10? days? It's a 15 yeah, days uh, from uh, now? About 15 or 16 days, yeah. Because it's, what, the 31st today? 
Yeah, so yeah. 15 days and we'll be there. Great. Let's soar through time. Yeah, and should we go right now? Yeah, let's take off. Okay, let's go. <laughs> did it we're on the other side was that not amazing no no what just happened i know it's the best time machine ever i hear music is that is that coming from uh, grilled cheese of palooza and kindersley we are on site now this think, is it Callum. i think it's look, happening look, look uh, it's the, your magic ma the skies are you clearing the, the clouds parted and there is local bands on the stage are you happy with this? I, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm just proud that everybody showed up and everything's going according to plan, so. It's extremely impressive what you're doing. Th thanks, Kevin. My name is Jeremy Vogel, and I'm here at Grilled Cheese of Palooza. Grilled Cheese of Palooza, I've been here for five years straight. This Are you is the one of the founders? Year. I'm not one of the founders. However, I am one of the most passionate people here. Why? Justin, I'm one of the most passionate people here because I love music, I love Saskatchewan, and I need seeing these local people. What people do you, don't I, wait a minute, do you live here? I grew up here. I don't I don't live here. Okay, I grew, grew up, up here. here. I love Saskatchewan because what other culture, what other scenario can welcome a number of bands into their baseball fields? Just come to my baseball field, just come have fun. Let's eat grilled cheeses. Let's, no other province is doing this, right? You need to so ask me more questions. Many, I want to be on your podcast so bad. How many grilled cheese of Palooza festivals have you been at? Uh, this is the fifth year for the Grilled Cheese of Palooza yeah, Music Festival. So you remember festival. when it was in his backyard? Actually, I grew up in his backyard. When I say grew up, I meant, yeah, sure, I seen it in the backyard. Okay. All right, so this was like the thing to be involved in, and you weren't considered like you know, nerds and geeks for being involved in it? Um, when we grew up, there was a certain um, group of people who were musically involved. And um, we weren't necessarily like close friends, but we knew like, so you like music, we like music, and that's what we got along on. We saw, we saw that, uh, honestly, the best way to put it is music brought us together. It really is. It's music brought us together. We were never close friends, but still I see Kellen to this day and I grab his hand and I shake it. And we're just, we've always got along, but music brings you close together.
started in our backyard. Oh, wait a minute. Are you Kellen's mom? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, you're the famous mom. I I've am... already done the first half of the podcast with Kellen in Saskatoon. Oh, okay. So you're the person I actually wanted to meet because oh, well, I, said, I said to my mom, so his mother starts just doing grilled cheeses and now five years later and yeah. I said don't tell me you're still sticking your mom with doing all the grilled cheeses herself not <laughs> not well um, I don't know did you speak to Justin no Thompson? I just walked over oh okay so Justin is one of the founders and this is his mom as well in the in the white slacks okay and I think this is her first year as a full-fledged volunteer I think she's been a background person for, for right. quite a long time uh, but it started in our backyard, and first year was just Kellen's band because they needed. Uh, they had a gig in Saskatoon, and they hadn't had any public experience. They had been jamming in a buddy's basement, so we had an area that we said, "Well, what if you guys set up here and had some friends over and get the you know get the nerves out before yeah. your gig?" Okay. Uh, seemed to be a hit with the friends. I think there was about 45, 50 kids that came that first year. Somehow they came up with this name, Grilled Cheese of Palooza. Well, based on your grilled cheeses, likely. Or which came first? The name came first. Oh. And then um, the sandwiches, we just, it was like, okay, well, we'll just make grilled cheese sandwiches. And, and people weren't really receptive to the idea at first. They really weren't getting what it was about because we didn't know it was ever going to turn into a thing. Yeah. Good thing they didn't call it something like Peking Duck with a side orange sauce and uh, and steamed asparagus festival because then you'd have had to really work hard. I would have really been out of my element for sure. Right. Second year, I think uh, close to 300 kids came, not all at once, but I mean, you know, some came and left and they had other commitments and whatever. Yeah, but at what point did you go, okay, look, if you think I'm making grilled cheeses for 300 kids. Well, actually, we didn't We didn't even have to say it because we thought, okay, this is it. Like, yeah. Come on. Second year, it was Kellen's band and two other bands that were, you know, pretty decent. Okay. And so I, Daryl was always game for as many kids come and as much as we want. He was quite happy to accommodate. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, all these kids are killing our grass. Yeah, right. Anyway. (laughs) Is Daryl your husband? Pardon me? Is Daryl? Yeah, Daryl's. Daryl's Papa Cheese. Ah, Papa Cheese. <laughs> All hail the Papa Cheese. Exactly. Right. Um, so at the end of the night, we didn't even have to say no more grilled cheese, Kellen said. Um, yeah, next year he said, we're not doing it here. Like, he already thought we had outgrown the backyard. And yeah, and yeah so three years, two years at the park. And this is a larger venue this year. So, yeah, this is number five. And I gather all these ingredients are local, Kellen said you got the bread local. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's donated from closest. Did you know this is your mom's? (laughs) Um, They're going to stay open for us if you go right now to pick it up. Can do. Okay, I'm going to send Kim with you to help you. Love that. What do you go get? What do you have to get? More supplies. You're going to get uh, paper plates and more burgers, I do believe. Paper plates and burgers. The legendary is sort of our own thing, and that seems to be a real hit. Right on. I'll let you go get the stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Papa Cheese. Kevin Power with Sass Culture. I just need two seconds. How many how many grilled cheeses have you uh, flipped so far? Are you keeping count? You are more than a thousand. More than a thousand. Yeah. And you're the dad. 
I'm the dad. How yeah. proud are you of your son? Oh, it's awesome. If this 16-year-old kid starts in the backyard, yeah. and look at this. Look at this, yeah. And he has uh, some friends that are helping him. There's five in the group, but it's awesome. I know. I mean, when you think of all the trouble kids get into, look yeah. what you've created. It's fantastic. I think it's his mother's fault. <laughs> well, to you I say, all hail the cheese. This is Mikhail. I'm with Michaela Anderson. All hail the cheese. All hail the cheese. <laughs> so, Michaela, I got a chance to hear you uh, perform last night and record it a little bit. Um, here's what I noted. Actually, even before I came here, I listened to some of your stuff on YouTube. Are you writing your own lyrics? Yeah, yeah. I write all of my own music with Soft Cotton. That's all my own original stuff. And then I, uh, I brought in my friend Roger and another guy named Spenny. And I, I just let them do their own groove and I show them what I've come up with. And then we just kind of all jive together and make it work. But your lyrics are really well written. I mean, they're, they're really quite profound. Where does that come from? Um, life experiences and already, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been through my fair share in my young years, is more than I'd like to say. And you know, you just really you take those things and you have to learn how to channel, channel that energy into something positive, so you don't, so you don't let it fester in yourself. So I found with music, I've been doing it for four or five years now, with writing my own stuff and performing it and like honestly like I'm still at the point where I'm I'm nervous to go on stage because of what I say in my songs it's it's such a piece of me that to just lay that out on the line and to maybe have like and I know I shouldn't think of it this way but to maybe have someone be like whatever you're saying is stupid it's like oh well like because I would like crush me but yeah, but you know, like, that's one of the biggest yeah, fears yeah, all creative definitely. people have. And But that's what drives me to do it even more. Yeah, sure. So it's, I don't know, and it's out of that out of that fear that I just push myself to be better and better and better and better every year. Good. Don't, I mean, there will always be somebody saying, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, you even, need those people, though. You, you do, absolutely, you do. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we forget the fact that Stupid is a reaction that is worthy of soliciting. I mean... That's very true. That's you know, so true. Yeah. I mean, if somebody... It's likely that somebody's challenged by what it is that you've written, and that's why they think it's stupid, because they don't want to confront it in themselves. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it, too. And like I said, like I, I do it for me, mostly. And if doing it for me has the ability to connect with someone else, then... I know I'm doing it right. 
So let's back up. Um, did you grow up in Kindersley? I actually I grew up in Saskatoon until I was about ten, and then I did my uh, high, all of my high school and part of my elementary here, and then now I'm back there in Saskatoon going to university. Oh right, at U of S. Yes, you bet. What are you, what are you studying? Uh, kinesiology. Are you really? Yes. So why have you chosen kinesiology um, over music? Um, I didn't ever want music to feel because like, I've never had any classic training. I just do what I do, right? Okay. And I just do what sounds good. And I never wanted it to feel like a chore. Uh-huh. I never wanted it to be that way. And with Kin, like I've worked in a gym for three years. My mom's a personal trainer. It's it's all like, and she was managed curbs for five years when I was a kid, and like just seeing that and seeing, and like also being the first person in my family to go to university. It's are you? Yeah. So and to actually do it and want to do it, it was something very practical. But I already had a lot of background knowledge, so I was like, hey, I could do this, and music is my side project. And however, if music one day for me took off, I'd leave school. Uh-huh. I I would. Did you have? Was there music in school when you were going to school yeah, here in Kinsley? Yeah, there, there was band, and I, I played the trumpet, actually. Uh-huh. And that was my favorite thing. And just my, my family is very musical, like my brother, my Guido, my mom always sang when we were kids. And I always wanted to be in a band, and everyone always told me, oh, you're never going to do that, you're never going to do that. And I was like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. I tell you, it's the very, very 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 best thing in life when somebody tells you you can't do anything oh i love it like it would just life would suck if people just continually said do it you're doing well i love everything you do like yep. it's a, that would be really dull yeah and you know what honestly i growing up that's what all like that's why it took me forever to choose what i wanted to do in school and everyone always said you're so good at everything you're so good at everything I just wanted to someone say, you suck at one thing, just one thing, you know? And finally they did. They said, you can't do it. Uh And well, I'm doing it, so. You are, you're doing it and you're doing it really well. It's quite impressive what you do on stage. Tell me who who you listen to for inspiration. Well, it started out with Emily Haynes and the Soft Skeleton, so metric, but her solo stuff really would just get me. And I would always listen to it. So, but I, so Emily Haynes and Dallas Green, those were the foundations when I first started playing music. And then I started really getting into Neil Young and Tom Petty and that sound. And I've just always loved it. And I love Neil and I love that he's Canadian. And Tom Petty just is amazing in himself and the things that he writes about and the fact that so many of his songs just came from nothing and jamming and they were like American Girl. Like that was. That was just jamming and screwing around, and I love that, and I love to find different feels. So I have Emily Haynes, where she does what I do. She lays her whole heart and soul out on the line, and then you have people like Tom Petty and Neil Young, where they'll never play that same song the same twice. Right, right. And that's, I get a lot of it from that, and just old soul mm-hmm. kind of music. Yeah. Um, how much of the audience plays into your performance energy? Quite a bit. I well, played at the Capitol on Tuesday, actually, and that's in Saskatoon. And I had a, t- a waitress come up to me, and they said, a table of mine wants to know, like, and I didn't know who these people were, and, like, generally a couple of my friends show up, and my bass player said, friends aren't fans. And I'm like, they can be, yeah, of course, but it's the strangers that really, 
let you know what if you're doing it right. And the reason I know is because this waitress said my table wants to know who you are and where they can find your stuff. And they just wanted to meet me and I had like four other strangers just come up and be like, you, you are awesome. And I love ego strokes, but I'm so humble. And it's, it's always just amazing to have that, that reinforcement that you're doing good from people you don't know. But when you're up there on stage, are you taking in the audience reaction? Are you there, are the, are you there living in the moment of, of the music that you've written? I am there living in the moment. I am, honestly, it looks like I'm staring at people. I am staring through people because I am so concerned with what's what I'm projecting and how I'm projecting it and how I feel at the time. Like, honestly, when I'm, when I'm up there, it is the best high. My hands go numb. I feel like I kind of go blind and I don't know what's going on and then it's done. And then I just have this sudden rush. And when I just see the crowd, like, cheering and I, like, I, I played at Amigos once too. And again, a stranger, she was in the crowd and she lifted her arms up at me and was like, I love you. I was like taken aback by her, right? Because you're like, you, in, in that moment, I was like, okay, I, I can do this. But she's like, part of your performance as much. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I love that because yes. you can totally, you draw from that, right? Yeah, you get that energy yeah. on stage when you feel it from your audience. But you can't be nervous when you're on there, are you? Oh, yes. Really? But in the best way possible. Because you're just fearless when you're up there. I mean, you, you're just, you're, your entire body, you give over to the performance. Never used to be that way. <laughs> I used to stand there with my guitar, petrified, doing a solo act. Petrified, like sitting on a chair, just playing, being like, hey, like my name's Michaela. Were you like a really shy kid? No, not necessarily. It's just, it goes back to that... When I first came out being like, I can do this, like I sing, I write my own music, it was just back to the point where, what if people don't like it? What if yeah. people make fun of me? What yeah. if, you know, like, all those what ifs that you just yeah, have to push yeah, yeah, away yeah, yeah. and make it better your performance. Right. And I just kept doing that every year. And now I've got a stage presence. I've You do. Like, you really do. I, I and love pipes, the audience. And pipes. I mean, you, you're, you're a belter. I love it. But in, a, but in a good way. Like, I mean, it's still singing. It's not just, it's just not obnoxious yelling. It's actually still singing. Yeah. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. And like, I listened to old recordings from when I was a kid, and it'd be like me on my parents' computer with like the computer mic, singing Christina Aguilera, and God knows I was out of t- like not on key, like, but I kept doing it. Kept just pushing it out. So, I'm chuckling because uh, old school in yeah. your parents' computer. Yeah. Old school for me was into an eight track. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Just such a g- generation yeah, difference, no eh? Yeah. No and kidding. I hate the generation I was born in. I. You hate the generation you were born in. Why? I don't think I was supposed to be born in this time. Just. What time do you think you should have been born in? Like the 60s era. Oh. Like if I were like growing up with my parents, yeah. I think that would be cool. Because it was still before cell phones, it was still before this whole social media thing. When you wanted to see someone, you just went and saw them, right? Uh-huh. And I, I miss that even when I was a kid. That's like, interesting because I'm often ragging on the, the current generation and the, 
and the social disconnect. Um, because and it's so funny because we all think we are so connected, yeah. but we've never been more like I mean, we've never been less so. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No. And it's it's crazy. So I I really wish those things didn't exist, but unfortunately we can't right. live in the world now without them. But yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. So I just like with music, I just think it was way like more wholesome back then people actually cared more it wasn't like oh i'm listening for the beat and what they think is a beat is this four by four that's it that would be fascinating to have somebody um going through the 60s well that would be me but i was way too young to take that in but but uh, to to hear somebody of your generation think of that generation as being wholesome because it's not, they it's, were they were and they weren't wholesome they were just more I don't know, more carefree with what they did in a sense that they still all did it together, you know? Like Woodstock. Like, that was such a communal event. And, like, everyone just loved each other. And everyone just got together. And it was just this free-spirited thing. And now we're all so concerned, you know? But here we are sitting at Grilled Cheese of Palooza, which is one of those, yeah. those social interaction things face to face so and it's like and just in being from here i know like i'm gonna say it anyway yeah. being from here we still always will see these divisions with different groups of people i was going to ask you about that in school was your mute did your music set you aside as being the outcast it made me just kind of friends with everyone oh it, but did. it always made me feel like people always like knew me as soft cotton and like I have friends who have me in their cell phones as soft cotton and it just This was your group then. And still is. Just yeah, like just any like all of my friends, you know, and it's some sometimes like a lot of them and a lot of like people that just see me on the street and they're like, Oh hey Michaela that I knew from high school that I'm not like particularly keen on they'll it's like they, they know this idea of me, they don't actually know who I am. So I think it's funny when they I see. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the, the whole, like, high, like growing up here and going to high school and stuff. But it's, and the fact that they love it, and they're still a part of those people that said, you can't do that. Yeah, right. It's like, ha. Don't, doesn't it strike you as amazing that this 16-year-old kid started something in his backyard? Yeah, I remember the first time he was talking about it. He was like, this will be hilarious, right? Like, and it was. And then here we are five years later, and look at it. Like, it's huge. Like, yeah. way bigger than the years before and like I'm I'm blown away every year I'm blown away even more and yeah. I'll always enjoy being a part of it right do you think you'd come back to a town this size or after you're done your kindergarten do you think you I would I'd like Vegas? to return to rural Saskatchewan yeah. um, I want to go to UBC or uh, U of Vic to do med school maybe and finish like a physiotherapy masters and then come back to rural sass because i know the money's here <laughs> unfortunately i'm greedy like like a lot of other people in this world Nothing, but, no shame in making a living <laughs> no not at all <laughs> not everyone's called to be a starving artist <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and that'll always be there for you i mean there's no rule that says you can't have this music thing happening exactly right? exactly and you know what whenever like i've ever missed an opportunity like lost someone's phone number or something like that when it comes to music my mom says that's okay michaela because it just wasn't the right wasn't the right opportunity uh-huh. and i'm always gonna take that with me because i can't look at things as lost i have to just always look at them as continually being stumbled upon your mom's really uh, supportive very much so like her and my dad biggest fans <laughs> i'll yeah. guarantee that and when something great happens don't you find they're the first people you want to call yes definitely my mother honestly i tell her absolutely everything and like i'm very close with my family and they 
will always support me in anything I put my mind to and some of my crazy antics I sometimes wonder why they do but they do and I think that's why I'm still here still doing this um, I grew up in a town that had no music culture whatsoever um, and certainly no music programs there's got to be other towns still today in this province Definitely. that have that so some kids listening who is really you know just in their wildest fantasies would love to do what you do and there's nobody else around doing it um, and there's no school music scene happening in their schools what do you say to people like that who, who want to get to where you're at now you know you do it you just you all like you always keep it with you you try and like go online like find someone who maybe has those same interests in your area that maybe you can like if, like depending on the age of the kid like I know like growing up I was like from Kindersley I was in a I was in the school band and none of my all my friends wanted to smoke cigarettes and drink you know I didn't like 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 sure I did those things too but no one was really interested in playing music with me in my age group and so I just I did it by myself I said screw you I'm gonna do what I like to do and you know you just you can never let anything hold you back from the things that you want because then you're always gonna find yourself wondering what if so yeah. always work for it put yourself online like on YouTube maybe ask your school if you can play a show just get involved with your like and I, I I was never involved really with my community in high school so I hate that I'm saying that but get involved with your community just get to know who those people are show them who you are and I didn't do that until after high school and I really wish I would have done that more so because I think it would have made it a more bearable experience for me instead of trying to just refute everything yeah, yeah right because right. I was so like that just I don't and know, somebody, and, and if somebody wants to put something online and they have the same feelings that you had of, of yeah, but what if somebody writes a comment saying, uh, don't give up your day job, um, or that really sucks, to that you'd say? Same thing I'd say now, and be like, the things you telling me I can't makes me want to show you I will. And, like, it's the same thing, you just do it. You can't let people hold you back from the things that you know you're good at and you have to always keep that head on your shoulders and you have to have that mentality that's like, I'm good. You have to sit down at the end of the day and find out what you're worth and look inside and be like, find out what's good inside and then if music is your way of pushing that outward and kind of dealing with that per se, all the power to you because that's what I did. It seems like it's been a real confidence um, booster for you, the whole music scene. Definitely. Oh, definitely. It's, like I said, like being on stage, it is, like I said, the biggest high that you could ever, like, I'm, like as you probably know, it's like such a rush, right? Like, people are like, I love you. And it's the ego strokes that really, that really build your confidence. It's just the art of not letting your head get too big. Yeah. So how do you keep that under control? Constant modesty. Modesty, but not self-deprecation. Yes, Modesty. just being humble. When someone says you're really awesome, I say thank you. I think it was all right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Well, I think the secret to creativity is to never get there. No. Uh, you know. I mean. And like me and we were talking today, me and my band, and I was saying how I was nervous to go up there, and my friend Roger said, you know what? When that nervous feeling goes away, though, that's when it's time to quit because yeah. you lost the spark. Yeah. It's not there anymore, right? Yeah. And it's so true, so yeah. true. 
No, absolutely. What's the most contrasting music you listen to that couldn't be furthest oh from my what gosh. it is that you do? <laughs> I love Jurassic 5. <laughs> like, Charlie Tuna is the best rapper uh-huh. ever. And, like, most deaf. Like, I love Tribe Called Quest. So... Old style hip hop is my thing. I love it <laughs> so much. Not what I play. Right. No, no it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. But, but I love it. Right. Do you think you sound like anybody? I've been told I sound like a lot like Florence and the Machine mixed with Adele, and I could see that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I've also been told that my music is such a genre of its own. Right. But that you're not striving to sound like anybody. No. Yeah, like you're not looking to be a mimic artist. No, not at all. I want to be my own thing. Right. I think you are. I think so. I think you're already doing that. You're you're your own. You're a rocker. It's fun. Definitely, like honestly, this is my hands down favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. You're not boring, and you're very. Um, you are very um, articulate. That's. The, I think that's the only way that I actually know how to talk about how I feel about things if I don't draw on personal experiences and if I don't I am one of those people who will jump around the point a million times until I get there yeah <laughs> and if are I are you did, a Virgo I, I am are you I so am. am I my god that's why <laughs> September totally a Virgo. yeah September 16th <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah to, uh, the curse of the Virgo <laughs> yeah. can't live with us can't live with us yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so yeah, true. Yeah. I have had like three different roommates in the past two years. Uh-huh. And I like started, I was like, maybe it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's me, but the world would be a much better place if you just do things the way that I need you to do them. Exactly. Yeah. So I just don't get in my way because I am the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm always in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it never works in our favor, nope. but yet. And I, I always find that no matter what I do, something bad will happen. But in the end, it will work out. Always. No matter what you do, something bad will happen? Is it just life programmed to, for that? I think so, yes. Without you even yep. stopping it, it's going to happen? <laughs> Generally. Really? Yep. You're my, just... my whole, like, all of my experiences have been like that. Like, even just, like, with with our, the music festival today. It was pouring rain. We heard lightning. Oh, it's all going to be canceled. Uh-huh. Right. It's just one of those things that it's the yin and yang, right? Something always needs to balance out. So if things are too good, you always got to be waiting. And if I things see. are bad, you always got to see the silver lining as well. And when things are bad, do you see the silver lining at the moment? Or are you totally stuck in bad mode? Like with no way out? It For me, it depends on where I'm at in my stage of life. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm having a good day and if something bad's happening, I'll, I'll see the silver lining. I'll be like, you know what? It's just it's a it's just a little hiccup so you learn from your mistakes yes yes sometimes i make them over and over again Uh depending on what kind of mistake it happens to be right but you really need to learn the lesson yeah and they uh (laughs) wasn't it albert einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results Uh yes insane (laughs) (laughs) wow you know you've got all the trademarks of a good performer you got the neurosis thing going on. You got yep. the honesty thing going on. You got the insecurity thing going on. It's it's all there. Yep. And for some reason, it still 
projects like I know what I'm doing. And I have come face to face with myself more than enough times. I grow from everything, right? Yeah. Can never stop that. Don't stop it, eh? Nope. Always grow. Keep going. Yep. It's like Dory. She's always in the back of my head. Just keep swimming. Yeah, right. Just keep swimming, right? Right. Yeah, no. That's a great metaphor. Definitely. Keep on keeping on, right? Yeah, right on. That's what we got to do. Hope you have a good gig this afternoon. Oh, I am so excited. I am. I have been working on this for the past six months with these guys. and oh. That's so great. Yeah, I am really pumped. Go knock them out. Thanks, Thank Michaela. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animateur program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture, and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other SAS culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Sascapes podcasts are also available through the iTunes Store. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...